you are seeing a, a change of how business is done and compliance is part of how business is done. A lot of what we do in anti-money laundering is behavior detection. You're listening to Dr. Scott Grove, a subject matter expert in anti-money laundering with the Association of Certified Anti-Money Laundering Specialists. Welcome to the Fraud Fighter Podcast. When you look at the global economy, if you have this kind of global view, you can really understand where your threat's coming from in a, an organization that may have ties and transactions outside of the United States. In this episode, we discuss the value of the CAMS credential, how ACAMS helps society in fighting money laundering, how money laundering is an international problem, and the training that ACAMS provides. He's a subject matter expert in anti-money laundering for ACAMS. He also does training and provides content development. He has a doctor's degree from SMC University. Scott Grobe, welcome to the Fraud Fighter Podcast. Thank you, Robert, and great to be here. Happy holidays, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. ACAMS, what exactly is ACAMS? Well, ACAMS is an association of certified anti-laundry specialists. It's a membership organization now at about 82,000 members. Uh, We provide kind of the gold benchmark of AML, CFT kind of uh, certification, uh, AML training, and a variety of conferences and events. We are really a, a membership organization driven to promote a variety of things in international standards on money laundering prevention, educating a variety of organizations, both private and public, certifying our, our members and kind of their progress and, and as they do continuing education, making sure they're, they're keeping current. And then finally, just a, a really good networking platform for members to understand what's happening in the industry and meet other like-minded professionals. So that's, in, in an essence, what ECAMS is. What kind of membership... Is there individuals, corporations? What is it? Yeah, it is a kind of a diverse platform of both individuals that can apply and uh, organizations where we have a, what we call the enterprise membership proposition, where a company will, will hire a variety of people and want to train the compliance function or a variety of other people that complement that. And, you know, ACAMS is here to not only help the, the individual, but also the organization um, meet its its challenges around AML and CTF. So what exactly is CTF? Counterterrorism financing. So, so yeah, sorry for that acronym. No, it's okay. It's okay. So AML is anti-money laundering and CTF is counterterrorism financing. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we've now also added uh, sanctions and uh, there's a lot of, of push by FedEx on non-proliferation. So we're also doing kind of training in those areas. And we created a, a certificate to, called the uh, Certified Sanctions Specialist Exam. AML, anti-money laundering, counter-terrorist financing, sanctions, and non-proliferation. So do a lot of different things. So I'm assuming this is international too, right? Not just domestic, like United States? Absolutely. So look, uh, the United States is a, a central component to the fight in money laundering. And, but 
we are here to help uh, our members on an international basis. We kind of cover the FATF international standards and, and really are there to train specialists and, and AML professionals on a variety of things, not just uh, the BSA. We are doing a variety of things uh, around sharing knowledge on the EU, United Kingdom's AML framework, uh, but we are here to serve kind of the international you know, standards around anti-money laundering. This is regarding financial institutions like banks, I'm assuming, uh, mutual fund companies, correct? What else would there be out there that ACAMS is helping? The fight against money laundering has really exploded to more than just banks. So initially it was uh, large financial institutions, some of which you've probably seen in the media, your HSBCs. Now, you know, insurance companies, broker dealers, those types of firms that are uh, remittance, uh, money service brokers. We're talking about the designate non-financial businesses and professions. Those types of like crypto firms now are being regulated. We got uh, a variety of things, maybe not in the United States for attorneys, but elsewhere. Attorneys, accountants, uh, precious metals, and jewel dealers, types of industries that are vulnerable trust companies and and that. So we are really helping a variety of industries, not just banks. There is a credential that ACAMS has. It's called the Certified Anti-Money Laundering Specialist. What does that do? Somewhat of a mouthful. We call it CAMS. The purpose of the credential is, let me give you four scenarios. So you're new to the industry, you're graduating, you don't know kind of what you need. Uh, an organization or yourself says, you know, I, I, I'm going to get this new field in compliance, but I want to get up to speed with some of the things. You know, you can look at the CAMS as a way of building your career, building your skill set. Additionally, for a variety of people who are already in the job three, four, five years, this is a great way where maybe you've plateaued and you're in a profession or position that's kind of auxiliary to compliance. So we're talking about many types of of business people because of the disruption that's going on. They want to move into compliance because it's growing. And so this is a great way to kind of change your career, get new skills, and develop. So specifically, it's about setting skills requirements, building those kind of international skills that you, you understand. So Maybe possibly you're going to be moving, you're working at J.P. Morgan, you're going to work in London, you have those skills credentials. Or maybe you're a manager and you want to to understand competency um, that's needed. Regulators coming in, you want to make sure your team and maybe even yourself are really looked at. And so CAMS can provide you this kind of accreditation as well as continuing education. So you know, you can demonstrate that you're keeping up to what the standards provide. Is your team uh, up to the the skills that's necessary? Here, CAMS does a variety of things that helps. Additionally, you know, when you look at what CAMS does, and there's kind of four parts to it, it's about understanding the typologies and understanding the risks to the organization, understanding what are the, the benchmarks, what are the best practice, and then how do those get ingested? This is a practitioner-based exam. You're looking at uh, the type of exam that uh, people in the industry, uh, those types of problems and kind of uh, skills that they're going to need. And finally, it does provide networking. And uh, there's a variety of things that we can talk about, but uh, you know, at, at 
The bases, it, it provides four things. Skills, benchmark for international kind of benchmarking, continuing ed, and networking. So there's also a CAMS, and there's a CAMS-FCI, which means financial crimes investigations. How is that different than CAMS in general? Robert, there's a variety of advanced certifications that we have. CAMS-FCI is really uh, an advanced CAMS where you go into investigations. So you you go into much more in depth about kind of the law enforcement process. You look at the how you would do alert scenarios, investigations, in filing suspicious activity reports. CAMS FCI is really there for the practitioner who's been in the job for a while and wants to enhance their understanding. Maybe you're you're managing a team. Maybe you're you're now you know in a position of responsibility and you feel the need to to really get additional knowledge. We have this advance. We have CAMS audit and a new one, CAMS risk management, CAMS RM. I know it's an anti-money laundering certification and ACAMS is Mr. Wheelhouse. How is CAMS different than any other anti-money laundering certification? There are some differentiators, but you know we're all in this ecosystem to try to fight crime. So let's set the the foundation that we're all kind of covering uh, some laws and regulations are similar. However, I think when you look at what ACAMS does, and we kind of mentioned it in the beginning about international standards, some of the other AML certifications may be looking at specifically the U.S. regulatory regime. And that is great because there's a variety of banks and financial institutions that operate only in the United States and are worried about uh, making sure that their people are up to the skill set of that requirement. But there are a whole lot of other uh, financial institutions and people that are not associated. So we've got consultancies, we got fintechs, we got a variety of international organizations that may be helping vendors that want to understand the international standards. And a lot of what CAMS does that differentiates is we are the leading association for anti-money laundering kind of credentials. So a lot of regulators, such as in in Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, and elsewhere, look to our CAMS as a type of uh, prerequisite. If you're going to be the the chief compliance officer, you need to have the uh, competency. And here, Many uh, regulators take CAMS as the the prerequisite. Additionally, since we are the largest kind of anti-money laundering association, a lot of times uh, our members are constantly being brought into work groups or task force to really uh, help uh, government leaders and law enforcement on the changes to regulation. You know, a lot of our chapters that are built on the kind of the back of CAMS are really there to help the industry and government kind of uh, with a variety of, of challenges. And then finally, help employers really find the right kind of candidate. You see in a lot of job descriptions, CAMS preferred. And this is not to say that there aren't other great companies out there doing similar things, but I think we're the best known internationally. What are the requirements to get through credential? What do you have to have as a prerequisite? This is a practitioner-based exam, so uh, I would not tell a college graduate this is the preferred thing to take right after college. The best 
kind of person is someone uh, three to five years out of college working in the job that has kind of experience because the exam that uh, you'll be signing up to do uh, really is based on understanding a variety of kind of uh, processes and flows and activity that is going to really be based in a compliance point of view. So if you're going to be applying, the first kind of thing you need to do is is join the membership. You need to have certain work experience that really helps you become qualified because you can certainly sign up for the test. You just may not qualify. Uh, and this is where you need uh, 40 hours of academic and, and job experience to, to qualify. Then you just sign up, pay for the exam, and then study. It's pretty simple. It's not that hard. But I think some people uh, really think uh, you can just kind of come out of college, sit down for the 120 questions and pass very easily. We have over 82,000 members, only about 40,000 have camps. So it's not an easy exam to take. Once you get the credential, what do you need to do in order to keep it? I'm assuming you have to have continuing education. Absolutely. Look, Robert, I mean, uh, I think all uh, all regulators are pushing that if you get some type of certification, you got to keep up a certain amount of education to keep current. And we are like many others, prompted by regulators to really keep the continuing ed. So you need 60 hours over uh, three years. It's uh, 20 hours per year, 12 of which have to be done through some type of ACAMS program. But we also certify a variety of programs all over. I mean, there was one just in Carolina in which uh, we certified. So it's not only ours. We certify a variety of other organizations, as well as there was some training done in Wilmington uh, University. So it's not only our training, but where you've met our credentials and criteria that will also give it. So 60 hours. Seems pretty daunting, but should be able to get it with current experience in webinars and activity, chapter events, and that sort of stuff. So when someone gets a CAMS credential, what opportunities are out there for them? What kind of doors is it open for them? So let's talk about job opportunity within an organization. So obviously, if you've gone out and demonstrated your self-initiative to go out and get CAMS and you've paid for it, you know, you're demonstrating to your management that you're passionate about this because it's not an easy exam. That shows to an employer that you're passionate and you want to succeed. And the second type of individual or it's a person that uh, wants to, uh, like yourself, get the word out around uh, money laundering threats and fraud threats. And you want the ability to kind of demonstrate to a wider audience, maybe in conferences and whatever. And here, this certification helps to kind of uh, provide you some credentials, both at, in a domestic kind of framework, but also in an international. We have a lot of people who, who do our conferences and other conferences. And when you look at the how many speakers are out there, a lot of them have CAMs. And then finally, the types of people that are going into consulting. So you've worked for the government uh, for 30 years and you want to create your own con consultancy. CAMs helps to establish that kind of baseline kind of understanding and you know, third-party kind of credentialing that says to people that want to hire that person that you have those kind of experience, background, and credentials. To, you can do, let's say, training for us or uh, consulting. And we have a lot of consultants that come to camps. 
primarily because of that. What do you mean by consultants? The types of consultants are people that are on their own providing training. So an organization might uh, need someone to do a day's worth of of compliance training. So a variety of people either uh, work with ACAMS or get the, the certification and go out on their own. This certification allows a consultant, uh, you know, and it could be from an accounting firm or, or a traditional consulting firm, have the credentials to demonstrate to an employer that the, the background and experience has been tested and certified. So it does really help. When you say consultants, what are they consulting on? So on, on money laundering, uh, typologies, red flags. STR writing, fraud, trade-based money laundering, cyber uh, crime. There's uh, a variety of things that may be specific to uh, illegal wildlife trade, human trafficking. There are a lot of typologies that particular organizations may have as a threat and may want additional information built around it to teach their uh, employees how to counter those threats. Or, or possibly they're going through some type of remediation. So they've got an enforcement action and they need to do something and they're bringing in consultants to help in the design of the systems and processes. If someone was interested in the anti-fraud, anti-money laundering world, but they don't have the experience or very little experience, what steps would you recommend for them? Yeah, for someone who's new to to the industry, there's a variety of kind of doors that I would look at. So uh, first, something like this podcast, you know, listen to, to podcasts, variety of videos that are out there to just get an idea of the types of issues and challenges that uh, financial companies and non-financial companies are faced to build up the kind of the knowledge and acumen. There's a variety of books. I mean, you know, when I started looking at this, it was books that I went to. For instance, variety of books that are, are much more academic around the rules and regulations. But nowadays, you can turn on Netflix and watch really great documentaries around money laundering and financial crime and all of the different things. So you have uh, the FinCEN files, you have the 1MDB scandal, you have a variety of things around uh, the Panama Papers. All really good content as a new entrant to really get an idea of the types of threats. And then if you want to, to go further, types of things, uh, attending a ACAMS chapter meeting or webinar. Now with everything being online, there's a lot of opportunities to just uh, listen to content to get an idea of what part of the area that you would like to. Because honestly, this I- industry has gotten very big. You know, you have whole different kind of uh, functions in in silos coming up. People that are just doing uh, know your customer and customer due diligence, looking at transaction monitoring, the types of things in sanctions. There's a lot of content out there. And I would encourage people, if they're looking at this as a a job, uh, to start there. So let's assume someone's out there who's an anti-fraud or anti-money laundering rock star. How can they help ACAMS in their mission? Oh, we love these people because these people are passionate about what they're doing. So these type of people get drawn into because they're really advocates for change. They really feel that they're empowered to do things. And so we have some that, you know, they're writing kind of the thought leadership, the, the types of stories that are detailing the challenges. So we've had a variety of people uh, write on the scourges of 
modern slavery and human trafficking to get our greater community kind of uh, activated around these issues. could also be that they're going on uh, conferences and really talking about a particular challenge or event. So right now, you see a lot of disruption with uh, virtual assets and cryptocurrencies. So we have a lot of our kind of rock stars on stage talking about the challenges between financial institutions and the crypto world. And where is it going to go? This is what's great about this industry, the ability for people who have a great passionate message to get their thoughts across. And we are this ecosystem and and community that really embraces these type of people. So if someone wants to write, teach, or speak uh, for ACAMS, what is the best way to get in touch with ACAMS? You can email me at wsgrove at ACAMS with an S dot org. Uh, But if you go to our website with ACAMS today, you can just email our editor and send stories. And there's the whole submission. We take uh, we have four editions a year and we have a variety of what I will call very top notch writers. But don't feel kind of the your word can't be heard. We have a variety of people that write. And I think, you know, from around the world, there are great stories that get kind of elevated. And I think if you're the type of person, send us uh, an email. There is theamericas at ecams.org or, again, wsgrob at ecams.org. You spent quite a bit of time in Southeast Asia, and particularly in Hong Kong. What were you doing in Hong Kong for many years? I got moved out there. So financial crisis, I was working with a financial institution where the financial crisis really put my job in jeopardy. And I was given the opportunity to to move abroad. And that was a great opportunity to get a, a different view of how compliance and risk management works in a different jurisdiction. You know, eventually I went to ACAMS and then at ECAMS in Asia for three years, uh, doing a variety of things. You you have to understand that the United States really has uh, and prides itself in really having some of the best developed uh, AML regulations. And the world is at an unlevel playing field. There's a variety of countries that are doing really well and some not doing so well. So my task there, out there was really to do a variety of training and conferences around particular issues that were necessary. So going into Indonesia, going into Malaysia, going into the Mekong, which is kind of the the frontier for uh, anti-money laundering. When you look at the global economy, if you have this kind of global view, you can really understand where your threat's coming from in an organization that may have ties and transactions outside of the United States. Tell me about a fraud investigation that you're most proud of or something that made a difference in your career? I worked on Madoff case, and that was a particular kind of Ponzi scheme that was very fraudulent to to investors and things in which uh, the bank that I was working on really created a, a loss and a variety of remediation that came afterward. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of frauds get perpetrated and then we do the cleanup afterwards. What I'm most proud of is is what we did in the remediation and kind of working with a variety of third parties in cleaning up, identifying, doing uh, additional due diligence. In some cases, what needed to be done was uh, a variety of uh, legal work that, that needed to be done to 
create the case against Madoff, but also about the internal kind of changes in which how we looked at how this type of business came to us, changing policies and procedures, and a variety of things to make our standards and due diligence requirements higher. You know, in some cases, a lot of frauds get perpetrated, and you're you're proud that you may have stopped them before they got the, entirely through the company. In this case, I'm proud of the work that kind of followed. What resources or training have helped you in your journey as part of ACAMS? You know, I think uh, if you're sitting out there and uh, you're wondering uh, where's your career tra- trajectory and how you can re-energize, certainly as we go through this kind of COVID experience in which we're all working from home and uh, there are a lot of resources available now online, which is fantastic because uh, my experience was I did a, a variety of academic and professional certifications in kind of in parallel. So for me, you know, I started off in financial institutions and as uh, career development happened, I kind of said, well, the the company wants to take me one place. You know, a certification is a way to demonstrate new skills in which you can promote yourself and get a new new job. And then uh, a variety of kind of academic things serve to to complement the, the larger kind of shifts. So for me, uh, when I was sitting in the United States in New York and I wanted to, to move abroad, I needed to do certain things to put me into an employer's kind of point of view that I'm the type of person that they should invest in, type of person that's uh, motivated. And, and these are all things that can demonstrate. Now, it's not for everyone. Certainly, this is a lot of work, and certain people who have families it can be challenging. But right now, as we sit at home, a lot of online programs are now there. It used to be that we were doing a lot of face-to-face training. Now we're doing it mostly uh, virtual, which affords people uh, a great deal of ability to improve skills during this time of COVID. So looking forward for the next five years, what's the biggest challenge that ACAMS is going to have? You know, I don't think COVID is going to get arrested even if with a vaccine over the next couple of months. So resurrecting kind of business, because in the compliance field, a lot of what we do in anti-money laundering is behavior detection, right? So you get established, your customers have a certain pattern of behavior. And you're constantly checking that uh, you know, the current behavior against the a past behavior, and, and you're looking for outliers in in changes of transaction or, or in the profile of the customer. So just resurrecting the type of business activity, and that the second is is you have this whole disruption in the financial industry. So the crypto world and virtual asset world is getting a lot of help recently by FATF and a variety of standards uh, that have come out of FATF. And, you know... What is FATF? So FATF is a financial action task force, and they're really kind of a subset of OECD, the Organization of Economic uh, Development, uh, that sets the the framework in anti-money laundering requirements globally. They're a a non-governmental agency that's been quite effective of getting countries to enact regulations and legislation and counterterrorism financing. They are the organization that reviews, you know, through peer mutual evaluations, how they uh, prompt countries to improve their AML frameworks. The last thing is, is with the disruption, what we see is a whole change of everything going online. 
you are seeing a, a change of how business is done and compliance is part of how business is done. Think of it as we are moving from looking at transactions and clients and looking at the quality of the transactions and, and clients. This is really a, a step change in the sense that it used to be you didn't care about the, the customer or transaction until there was a, a problem. Now we're doing a lot more on trying to, to understand and vet customers and transactions before they're done to prevent kind of money laundering to invade organizations and, and get a beachhead. So those three kind of things, you know, the whole idea of, of COVID and resurrection, whole thing in, in the virtual space, and then all the whole change in how compliance is going to be done, it's going to be much more technology-oriented and front-loaded. Looking back in your career, what is the biggest mistake or lost opportunity you have? I kind of wish I, I went abroad a little bit earlier. I went abroad uh, when I had started a family, and it, that is challenging. It is certainly easier to move abroad when you're single than to move abroad when you have <laughs> toddlers. As you look back, what you want to happen is a pretty solid progression of advancement. You ready for the final four questions? Final four questions. Yes. What is your biggest motivation now? So I've gotten to a certain uh, age in sobriety and sobriety and kind of uh, knowledge in which, you know, I want to do more work in social justice, in kind of community building. And I see certainly in the past year, a variety of things on combating human trafficking, illegal wildlife, these issues that are very complex and difficult and certainly that need people to come together and work together in concert. And I think my biggest motivation is, is some of the successes we had, but we certainly only scratched the surface in trying to address a lot of these really horrific crimes. So how are you participating in helping that situation, particularly in human trafficking? So on the human trafficking, we I worked with uh, the Liechtenstein Initiative, great guy, James Cocaine, uh, who really is doing fabulous work in building tool sets and a variety of things with the FAST Initiative. The FAST Initiative is kind of a subset of the United Nations University to really elevate uh, and identify first at a country level, how do we have to combat the types of regulations uh, and rules that we need to ingest uh, into the frameworks, uh, the legal frameworks, as well as how do we get uh, the private sector, your banks uh, involved in the, the money trail. So ACAMS partnered with uh, the FAST initiative to roll out training. So we have this four-hour free training for everyone. And this is to help elevate and identify those kind of red flags and suspicious activity that may be all around you that you've never noticed. Thing of the nail salon being open at 1 a.m. Or, or type of activity that may be happening that suggests it's not quite the business it says on the, the front sign. And you talked about, in particular, wildlife. How are you helping in, in the wildlife? I'm assuming you mean by illegal trade or the parts? Yes. So certainly in Asia, this is a big issue. So uh, over the summer, back in, in July, we partnered with WWF, Worldwide uh, Fund for Nature, and building a, a two-hour certificate that really uh, goes through kind of the, the risks and why we should care. Why are we particularly worried about 
uh, illegal wildlife trade and uh, the trafficking of these animals. To how do you understand the the red flags and risk indicators around that? And believe it or not, there's a lot of it uh, in the United States. You would think, oh, you know, this is Africa to China, which there is a lot, but there's a lot of activity with reptiles and, and animals coming into zoos and a variety of, of types of animals um, where the United States is is kind of center as a consumer market purchasing these these types of uh, live and dead animals. And it, it's quite amazing that it's a global problem. What book or books have changed your life or thinking? One Up on Wall Street how to use what you already know to make money in the market by Peter Lynch. So that got me uh, into banking. You know, it was one of the first things that I did after college, and it really changed my way of thinking to really looking at finance uh, and doing a variety of things. And the premise is quite easy: do something that you already know a lot about. So the premise is actually, it can be applied here too. Uh, there's a lot of things you probably already know about compliance and anti-money laundering. So let's focus on those kind of things and then build out from there. You know, I think a lot of people uh, say, oh, I got to focus on my weaknesses. But sometimes focusing on your strengths and building on your strengths is something that can change your, your life and way of thinking. Share something that you've purchased in the last 12 months, less than $100, that has made your life easier or something that you have enjoyed. If it's good enough for Scott, it's good enough for the rest of the world. What would you recommend? So a good pair of headphones. Given that we're all in this virtual world together, I think having a good pair of headphones and, and that work and that and certainly you can get to over the last – I've broken mine a couple – uh, just because I was traveling so much, and it's not easy to, to necessarily pack, but certainly very useful and makes the job easier, I think. And additionally, you know, my family doesn't want to listen to all of the stuff that I do kind of in the in the open room. So good pair of headphones is what I would uh, vote for. If you had to do something else, you lost your job today, what would you be doing? Well, if I lost my job today... I think I'd be a high school teacher or a college professor. You know, over my course uh, of 25 years, I've grown to appreciate giving back to the community. And teaching seems to, to be that thing that you get a lot of rewards from. So not all, every profession will give you that instant reward on teaching. What would you be teaching? Uh, history, a variety of things in banking and compliance. I really enjoy kind of the political landscape and history. That is kind of what I like the most. Well, Scott, thank you so much for what you do at ACAMS and what you're doing for the anti-money laundering industry. I appreciate your time so much on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for taking time to share your thoughts with us and your experience. Well, Robert, thank you because you're doing a great job. And I appreciate you having me on. Thank you and happy holidays. 